Hi everyone, I'm Chelsea Grayson and this is another episode of What's Your Water? Today I am honored to have Amir Natson. <laughs> Amir is a celebrity chef. He's got a show that is airing on the Food Network any yes. day now. Yes. And he is a faith leader and yes. a community leader. Absolutely. And all sorts of other things that we're going to get into. He's totally. cooked for Jay-Z and Beyonce, the queen, yes. cooked for Oprah. Absolutely. And I can't wait to get into all of that. So Amir, Absolutely. welcome. Super excited to be here, Chelsea. Thank you so much for uh, having little old me, if you will. Right? <laughs> little old you. you can't call yourself old because I've got like 10 years old. All right, so I'll say like little young me. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you're also not little, you're like six Okay, something. big young me. <laughs> Just wrong, wrong on everything. Super <laughs> glad to be here. Super glad to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely. So first, tell me about where we're shooting today. Where Where are we sitting? Man, we are, uh, it's amazing. This, I like to call the space manifestation. Um, because for a very long time, uh, so we're here in North New Jersey, um, which is where uh, my movement is essentially based out of uh, in the brand and the specific physical location that we're in is called Third Space. Um, and so it is a new co-working uh, community uh, to the city of Newark. And for a very long time, uh, I was very passionate about having a place for myself and the team to work out of, you know, that professional environment is just really important. Uh, and conducive, you know, they're just handling business and getting things done. And so I had no idea they were creating this space, uh, but they connected with me and asked me to come on as an ambassador um, for the space. And it's, it's been an amazing uh, journey thus far. Uh, the, the family that owns the space is incredible, super supportive, and uh, they believe in what we're doing as much as we do. So uh, we're here and uh, really, really excited to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm finding Newark to be different from what I expected. I'd never really spent any time in Newark other than just sort of landing because I'm usually on United. And right, right. Absolutely. The city, but it's been really nice. Everybody's been really welcoming and you guys have been great hosts for me so far. So thank totally. you. Yeah. I want to get into first because you had a really meteoric rise into yeah. becoming a celebrity chef. I mean, yes. I want to talk about, you know, you went to culinary school mm -hmm. and kind of what happened after that, because within a year you were cooking for Beyonce and Jay-Z on yep. the Amalfi Coast. So right. <laughs> can you, can you take figure, me right? through that journey? Yeah, so you know, early on in culinary school, um, one of my culinary instructors would, would use a phrase and he would like write it on the board every day. And that was bat a thousand every day. Yeah. And um, you know, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me early on uh, in my educational period of, of my career. Um, but the closer we got to like completion, the more I understood how important it was, um, you know, to give the game everything you've got every single time. Um, and so I come out of culinary school. Uh, there is an opportunity made available uh, to cook for a guy. Uh, his name was Gil Barnes. He was African-American brother uh, who was a hedge fund manager and just like a financial advisor. Uh, really interesting guy. He probably won't watch this, but if he does, he'll know I said that about him. Uh, he'll probably agree with me. Um, but really, really amazingly interesting guy. And so he kind of like took advantage of the fact that I was fresh out of culinary school. And so, you know, he would talk about this opportunity and how big it's going to be. And we sat like in his dining room at like this long dining room table that sat like 50. And he sat at one end as we kind of did the interview while I sat at the other end. 
And, uh, you know, he sold me on how big this opportunity would be. And, you know, you just don't know who I am. And, uh, you know, I kind of was like, all right, dude, enough about, you know, <laughs> like I'm here to do some personal chef work. So um, he had an event maybe like two weeks later um, and had myself and two other chefs, unbeknownst to me, cater stations for the event just to kind of see who his guests responded to. Um, and so I did a really simple dish, like a chicken breast stuffed with like black olive and feta sun-dried tomato. And I think I did a roasted mm. potato, really clean, uh, pink Himalayan sea salt and roasted potatoes were his all time favorite. Like I didn't gauge him for what he liked. I just made what I knew I could knock out of the park. That Saturday, like my station was empty and the other chef made like some mushy rice. It was not risotto. It was just like <laughs> wet, mushy. mushy like rice. It was like Hawaiian rice. If he's watching, he'll thank me for mentioning <laughs> him. Um, but it was like Hawaiian, <laughs> like mushy rice or whatever. Um, so, so Gil gave me the opportunity. Um, it, it was an hour commute every day from where I was. Where, where, did, where was he living? Describe his. So, experience. so he lived in, in an area called the Cadwater section of New Jersey, um, uh, which is a town like right outside of Trenton, New Jersey. And so like the governor lives there. There are just a ton of like beautiful, huge estates. Um, and he had this like enormous home with like sunrooms. And, uh, then he also had a property in New York city, which was like this crazy townhouse. And he would live between those two spaces. Mm. And uh, when I went to the townhouse in New York City, um, like infinity pools, waterfalls, wow. like it was crazy in New York City. In the city to in, find space like that. It was literally like a five foot door off of Park Avenue. And you like walk into this door and it's this like six story townhouse and you have no idea that there's like a whole oasis in there. Yeah. Um, and he was like really big into like Japanese art. And he had like million dollar swords. He was just a very interesting guy yeah. um, who was a finance guy, right? So you can only imagine that he was not trying to honor me asking for a lot of money mm -hmm. coming fresh out of culinary mm -hmm. school because he knew how to play the game and he was a thorough businessman. Um, so anyway, I, I would go in with the same mindset out of culinary school, bat a thousand every day. Um, and so he would have clients uh, either come to his home, whether we were in Jersey or at the townhouse in, in Manhattan. And uh, it, like at the drop of a dime, he would say, add one for breakfast or, or his house manager rather, would say, add one for breakfast, add two for lunch, or, you know, tonight I'm having a dinner for 10. Can you add 10 people? And there wasn't room to like say no, because I had this black card. I had the Toyota Prius to drive, you know, to go That's to the, the market. That's dream, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. You can go buy as much fruit and totally. vegetables as you want. Totally. Like, you know, I never threw a tenderloin in there for myself because he was a pretty thorough. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, but I probably should have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so through my uh, uh, employment opportunity with him, um, and again, he was like the building ground for me. You know, working with him is where I learned how to maneuver around, you know, people's personalities and dispositions. Right. Um, you know, I learned how to you know, really serve and, and take advantage of kind of like being in those spaces uh, or those exclusive spaces. Um, and so this one particular day, uh, Matthew knows Beyonce's father comes, who's a client of his, and he's had everybody in the house at this point from like Clive Davis, he's done work with Diddy, he's done like Kevin Lyles, Lior Cohen, like just really solid people yeah. uh, in the music and sports industry. And uh, I did not know who Matthew knows was. 
But again, like in culinary school, my goal was to bat a thousand, not some days, but every day. And so I've got a chef jacket that's embroidered and I'm like taking this next level, uh, you know, service into whatever room he's meeting with his client in and uh, super articulate and presenting the food and, yeah. you know, removing the covers and placing the forks and flatware in front of the guests and asking if they prefer a particular beverage. And so what I understood from the first few times I did it was how it lit his eyes up. Mm. Right. And while he didn't say to me, like when we interviewed early on, I need you to make me look good and I need you to like help me shine and I need you to, you know, provide me this crazy impressive service. You, you know, after having doing it, having done it a few times, I understood how much he valued that. And so um, I'll never forget the day. I did like a sausage spring roll kind of situation with like a like an Asian dipping sauce. And so like the spring roll had egg and sausage and mushroom. And it, uh, it was just a really amazing breakfast. And by the time I got that back down, breakfast. that was breakfast. Okay. Because I'm batting a thousand every day. Right. Right. Okay. I, I'm not spending my money to cook this stuff. Yeah. You, you know, I'm, I'm investing, of course, my energy and my time, which he compensates me for. Um, and so I'll never forget. Uh, I left out of his office and went back down into the kitchen and he called me on the intercom. Um, and whenever he did this, like I knew it was a moment like that his guest was like, who the hell was that, you know? <laughs> um, and so he called on the intercom, Chef Amir, can you come back upstairs for a second? And I knew it wasn't because the food wasn't good because I yeah. smashed that, <laughs> um, but I would get back up, you know, and he would say, man, I want to introduce you to uh, Matthew Knowles, this is Beyonce's father. And I was like, oh man, wow, you know, super, super dope. Um, and he then said to me, my daughter's in need of a personal chef and we've kind of just been working with per diem people. And uh, I'd love for you, man, to kind of have the opportunity to present. So it was like just on from there. Wow. Yeah, it was on from there. Okay, so, well, a couple things I want to get into there. Sure. So, A, how your your current boss, was he feeling a way about you potentially interviewing for a gig? <laughs> right in front but of we'll him, get right? There. Yeah, we'll get there. But tell me about the, I guess, audition process or yeah. what interview process when you you go to Beyonce's house. I mean, how? Yeah. Tell me, so, tell so me about I did that. not meet her the first two times, actually. Um, they reached out to me probably about a month after her father said that he would make the referral. And, you know, I didn't invest a lot of energy in him sharing the opportunity because like, I still have work to do, you know? Yeah. And you don't want to get funky before, like, you know, you have another opportunity because right. <laughs> the Gill gig was sweet, you know? Um, and so they reached out and invited me to Houston. I flew out to beautiful property that B has there. And um, like, she was upstairs or wherever in the house. And so her assistant says to me, um, that she'd like for you to make a strawberry Romanoff. And I was like, what the heck is a strawberry <laughs> Romanoff? And so like I Googled it. <laughs> Thank God for Google shout out to the tech people over at Google. I Googled the recipe and like smashed it. And so like another month went by, I didn't hear anything. Oh wait, you can't just pass by that part of the story. Cause totally. first of all, that's baking, not cooking. Exactly. And even I, who I don't do either one, sure. I know there's a difference. And so, so you understand most people <laughs> don't, including me, that like the strawberry Romanoff is this like Houstonian dish that is like really just regional to like the New Orleans, Houston, Texas, 
like you know that whole bayou if you will yeah, area you can't fuck that up in that no, area right exactly yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like not That's making like, ramulad correctly hello. exactly you understand exactly what i was about to say absolutely <laughs> um so i mean i knocked it out of the park i put like a light spin on it and of course you know it's got like the heavy cream or the whipped cream rather um and so you know it was i'd never made it before right but the the one thing that just resonates in my mind even to this day is bad a thousand yeah Right. Give it everything you have. And one of the things that have really worked for me in my career is I'd rather not show up than show up late. You mm -hmm. know, like if you come to work late, the boss can like hammer you about why you were late, you know, rather than just not showing up at all. Mm -hmm. Like you could say, I couldn't get out of the bed. Right. And, and so many people like that phrase better late than never is false. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you're just better off saying, I just can't make it, yeah. you know, or can we reschedule or let's give it another shot. So right. every day, regardless of what I did the night before, regardless of what I was feeling or where I was, yeah. I had to get up that next morning and bat a thousand. So you make your strawberry yep. uh, Romanoff for Beyonce. Yep. You leave. How and then what? A month like goes another by? month goes by, I don't hear anything, <laughs> and so now I've got to go back to Gil's house. Gil's this interestingly funky guy, and so I'm not. You know, I'm sure that like Matthew shared with him, I invited Chef Amir out. You know, to kind of try out for the opportunity, and uh, I only imagine that I like walk in there like on Monday, and he's like, I don't need you anymore. But another thing that I learned that is that has really been a principle for my success, right? is like, I have always made myself uh, um, um, indispensable, right? Like you can't, like the day you say you don't need me anymore is the day the ship will sink, mm -hmm. period. That's the day that they find out they need you. That's the day they find out we really do need them. Yeah. Um, and so I went hard every day and everything that I did um, including making that strawberry Romanoff, which I had never, ever made before um, for B. So a month later, they call me and they're like, are you available for 90 days? We'd like to do kind of like a temporary um, contract. And so I go in and then boom, it was on and popping from there. So what 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 did you do for the next 90 days? Is that you getting on a private jet? And we did tons of tons of flying on private jets. Um, um, I led a crew on several occasions over that 90 days like on yachts out on the Mediterranean. And yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff that I had not done prior to, yeah. right? Um, but sometimes you've got to learn on the job, you yeah. know? And one of the things that I brought to the table, you know, I'm a, I'm a kick-ass chef, right? I'm, I'm going to be the cussing pastor a little bit. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> a kick-ass chef. On this show but the sure. truth is, like, there are chefs that can run circles around me, mm -hmm. you know? There are chefs that are better at me uh, as it relates to what we do in the kitchen, in the pots and pans, but there's some stuff that I bring to the table that those chefs couldn't even pay for. Like, and, and so a lot of my opportunities have really been a result of the energy that okay. I bring into your home, you know, and, and of the energy that I bring, uh, into your kitchen. Right. right. And so there's nothing like, you know, your guests going, wait, does the chef that just passed me a plate like have a Rolex on? Like what's, <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh yeah, that's Chef Amir. Like he's really dope. And his food is like really incredible. Um, and then it's just a vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, and I understand like that I am there to make you look good, not to make myself look good. And the more I did that, the more opportunities I got, you know, and the more people were like, man, we'd love to have you do this and do that. And so it went from that to the Queen Latifah's and, you know, the Will and Jada's and just like doors just opened. And, you know, people were like, 
the food is amazing, but like he is all the more amazing. And, uh, and, and that's really the opportunity that I saw and I capitalized on that. So it's chefing as performance art, basically. It certainly is, absolutely. Right? It's art, I think I added the performance piece. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly, I mean, you're right, because yeah. how dope do you look if not only you can afford a personal chef, but like he's wearing a Rolex. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. you're all in rarefied air when you're at that table. <laughs> right. And so do you ever, um, okay, so you're with Will and Jada, Queen yeah. Latifah. I mean, I think you, you worked for Oprah or-, or So we did, did Super Soul it? Sunday Brunch in 2017. Okay. Um, uh, and we how call did she it Mama hear about o. So I connected with Oprah. We were doing jerked brined turkeys for Thanksgiving mm. one year. Um, and she does this huge like Thanksgiving dinner where she invites family and friends over and she ordered some of the turkeys. And I had no idea who it was that ordered them. At the time, Mayor Cory Booker was here in Newark. Um, shout out to our uh, maybe soon to be president, who knows? Um, um, and so Cory Booker was here and Oprah's done a lot of like development here in the city. Yeah. And they were having dinner at an Airbnb or I don't know if it was an Airbnb, but at a residence that they rented in like upper Essex County. And so Cory connected me um, uh, with Gail and then I didn't even realize who she was. I just knew somebody wanted like six grilled jerk turkeys. And so we went to deliver them and it was like Oprah and her whole gang, which was really, really dope. So wow. from there, um, they invited me out to do like, to manage three stations for Super Soul Sunday brunch, which was amazing. And so I managed the carving stations um, and then we did like a seafood station and so just raw oysters and seafood and Ooh. you can imagine, you know, how incredible that was yeah. out in Santa Barbara. So Super Soul Sunday, forgive me for not knowing exactly what that is. So it's a brunch that Oprah's done for like the last six years, okay. maybe seven, um, where she just invites just like the who's who's out. So uh, the year that we were there, John Legend performed. Um, I mean, he's literally like at the piano singing himself, mm -hmm. you know, um, you'll see Michelle Obama there. You'll see, uh, the Beyonce's there. You'll see the Maya Angelou's. I mean, she just brings together like the who's who's of the universe yeah. to like have brunch in her backyard. Um, um, the year that I did it, uh, Eckhart Tolle was there mm -hmm. and he kind of like spoke some inspirational mm -hmm. words. So she just like, you know, uses her influence to bring people together in the vineyard, in her property, amazing. like in the backyard. Yeah. Food is amazing. The energy is incredible. And everybody is just like. So it's kind of like Sunday service in a way. So it is kind of like a Sunday it. service a little okay. bit. Yeah. Got it. Not so much Kanye-ish, but like more, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't invent Sunday. Service, like, I think that's been going on for a minute. Right. Exactly. Tell me about <laughs> Sunday like service, right? Times. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I want to get there too, because it's interesting. I hadn't realized you had done that with her, but it definitely yeah. crosses over into the other part of your life, which sure. I think you're crossing over with all the time into your food anyways. Absolutely. Um, you said something to me about something else that you're bringing to the table when you're serving people. Yeah. You said you, you're, they might not know it, but you're bringing Jesus. Oh, right. You're bringing the Bible and they might not yeah. realize it, but that's why they're picking up the good vibe from totally, it, which totally. I thought was a really interesting. It's funny. I can't remember the time that I was like in someone's kitchen and I forget who was there and they were like, oh, did you know he's like a reverend as well? Or like, he's a minister. Right. And like, I don't remember who that was, but the person was like, I knew it was something about you. Like, I just knew it. Like, you yeah. just, 
I don't know. They probably had tried to rub me a wrong way a few times, you know, just testing out the team and I wasn't biting. I didn't respond. I was like, and and so I might've been Queen Latifah or, or I can't remember, but they were like, I just knew it was like, why didn't you tell me that? (laughs) And I was like, baby, I've been praying for you in this kitchen. Uh Like the whole time I've been here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, when we talk about the religion piece, um, or more spirituality than anything, right? You you bring a level of peace, you know, and it, it brings, you know, like it's just a glue, you know, and our lives are, are not going to come together. Mm-hmm. Like, unless we've got that glue, right? The pieces of the puzzle don't come together, you know, unless you've got, you know, that power that's greater than you that can, you know, kind of help you translate, you know, the puzzle pieces look crazy. Just, scattered on the table but when you bring them together like they make sense each ridge and curve and cut you know so um that's kind of one of the things that we brought you know to the table like i was the guy that could say to um we did an event over the summer last year uh, for queen latifah and she was just like running around and just all over the place and so like i'm the guy who says like like Dana, you need to slow down. I know she put it. No, no, no. Like just right here. It's a lobster tail and a lamb chop. Just put it in your mouth. Yeah. And just eat because you'll get famished and you'll get overwhelmed. And so it's just that energy, you know, and just like yeah. in that quick moment, you know, it's like, wow, man, this guy is like not just here to like get the bag, you know, but he's like here to impact, you know, and kind of make yeah. a difference. And so when people started to learn that about me, it kind of became like, you know, chef, can you come here for a minute? And I'm like, what's up? Like the food is laid out. This is my turn to chill, <laughs> you know? And they're like, do you mind blessing the food really quickly? You know? And all I know to say at the end of prayer is in Jesus name, yeah. you know? And so like we pray and I'm like, you know, God, we thank you for everyone that's at the, at the table. And it's only because of you that we're successful. And it's only because of your favor that we've made it, you know, and they're in the room like, yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And, <laughs> you know, and in Jesus name, and they're like, in Jesus name, you always get one person at the table. Who's like, I'm like a devout atheist. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. Well, that's um, okay too. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. But that power, like you can't combat like that energy in the room. Yeah. There's no way around that. Like when that's when the spirit or whatever you identify it as, like when that thing moves and you get like goosebumps and like mm. you feel something outside of you mm. moving inside of you, there's no way around. Like you got to acknowledge that thing is in the room, yeah. you know? Um, and so, you know, that's kind of where the turn happened. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they know you're there not to nourish their bodies, but also to nourish, but their also soul. their souls, hands down, which is beautiful. So is that how, um, is that how the Food Network sort of came to you with the idea to do? Because your show is family dinner style, right? Yes. You sort of travel around the country or maybe ultimately around the world. And yes, you're doing, preferably. you're putting family dinners <laughs> together. Yes. So is that, I mean, I guess you guys went through some iterations, but is that how they ultimately came up with the idea? Because that's sort of what you were doing anyways. You were asking people to kind of join hands and so we started out like that. Or? We started out what's the name with of the show? Help Yourself. Help Yourself, okay. Um, which of course just kind of like means so many different things. But we started out with an original concept called deep fried food fight. And so it was new school versus old school. And it was like me as a chef going around the country, competing against new school chefs. And and it was cool. Um, But in the opening of the show, you know, I say my name is, is Amir and I'm a pastor and a chef. And so, you know, after it goes through with tons of like creatives, heads and hands, 
you know, they're kind of like, man, we need to play on like the spiritual piece. And I'll never forget, we shot um, at uh, Augie's in Saratoga Springs, New York, and I had to come in and do a voiceover for the introduction. And they said to me that there are two things that sold them on this project. And it was your smile and your big evangelical voice. Mm. And I was like, did y'all say evangelical <laughs> voice? Like, like y'all, y'all, oh, y'all want Jesus, you know? <laughs> and like, it made sense, you know, in that moment. And I, it was, it was one of those like, wow, God, you know, like you, you did this. This is not about me. I had no aspirations to do television. I had never done it before, you know, news and you know TV pieces and that kind of thing. But like my aspirations were not to like land a show on TV. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, through that and me embracing it, you know, I didn't, you know, I could have very easily been like, I don't want to talk about, you know, I'm not here for that or, but I just let the universe and the energy do what it does. And, uh, and so it developed. Yeah. So are you having fun with that? I mean, do you like going out there and shooting the episode? It's fun, you know, 16 hours, you know, yeah. do this again, say that like that again, do that. You know, it's a lot. Um, I think we were talking a little bit that, you know, uh, television is, is not it's not the big break. Yeah. It's just a platform, For you sure. know. And so the like the real work happens where you got to be willing to hustle kind of like an artist. The record deal is nothing, um, but it's your ability to do shows and, you know, create products and, and develop content outside of your record deal. You know, that kind of takes you to that next level. Yeah, using it as your launching platform. Yeah, you, I mean, use yeah. it as, you know, the notoriety. We um, we keep referring to this, like, mythical conversation that we had previously. This yes. conversation was last <laughs> night when I got here. Yes, where I was just dinner. I was exhausted. I get up, for people who know me, I get up at 4 in the morning and work out <laughs> at 5. And, um, yeah, that's so I had had a really long day flying yes. in from Los Angeles yesterday. Yes. But I got here, and Anthony... And Amir invited me to go to dinner. So how do you say no to a chef when he invites you right. to dinner? You know, that's going to be really yes. good. And we went to Brasilia here. Yes. Brasilia Grill Brasilia here in Grill. Newark. Yes. Very amazing. I'd never had Brazilian food somehow. How about that brisket though? That brisket was crazy. This is, what do you call the style of food that they do Rodizio. there? Rodizio. Rodizio. So they, it's just, yeah. I mean... And meat, I mean, they meat, could have meat. kept bringing food. Like they took it easy on us because we only ordered like brisket and chicken or whatever. That was crazy. But like they'll just keep bringing the food. You got to tell them to stop, dude. That is yeah. enough. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, How about we those wore Anthony greens? out for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> like he was done. He was like, I food left on the plate, right? Yeah. And, and I had, we had caparena. Yes. I'm not proud of myself, but I had two. They each only had one. <laughs> you deserve it. Strawberry. Though. You earned but, it. Absolutely. That's where this conversation happened last night which yes. is appropriate because most of the best conversations happen at the dinner table yes absolutely um okay so that sounds really interesting we might have to like develop that there might that have to be a table. show yeah, yeah. dinner table piece. <laughs> i like it <laughs> yeah absolutely i'm with you there we'll talk about that offline at I the agree. next dinner I agree. um so i wanted we're not really getting away from food because you sure. infuse your cooking into everything absolutely. but you're a faith leader yes also so you talked about your, is it a preacher, reverend, or you, what do you, how do you uh, characterize I mean, yourself? You know, traditionally a pastor or a pastor. reverend or, or preacher. Okay. Um, and so like I lead, a, a pastor would be someone that leads a, a, a particular like body of people um, or like a shepherd to sheep, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and so pastor would be, you know, the more traditional title. Um, you know, I, I like to identify myself as, as like a faith influencer. Faith influencer. You know, um, okay. Um, while religion is great and there are a million different forms of it, 
right? At the end of the day, it's about having a connection with your higher power, right? And so whether it's Islam or or Judaism or or Buddhism, right, or Christianity, you know, it really boils down to how connected you are, mm. right? And it doesn't matter what way you believe, what you believe, but like, do you believe, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's that's my position and or approach. Um, there are those that, that don't and see it from a different perspective and that's that's fine. You know, we still eat Rodizio together yeah. and have Caparanias, <laughs> sure. um, you know, and, and so we, we like we respect that totally. Uh, but my position is, and it's, it's interesting, I was raised in Islam. You know, my name is Amir. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so my father was Muslim. Um, uh, growing up, um, we practice Islam. Like I can huh. read and write Arabic and everything. Huh. Uh, in fact, my, my middle name is Akbar. So my name is Amir Akbar. Wow. Okay. So even going in a few inches further. Um, but I found my footing in Christianity. You know, um, I needed a savior. You know, um, just the thought of having access, you know, to God um, through someone that kind of stood in our stead and um, you know, you know, took our place, if you will, uh, was very powerful for me. You know, again, again, there are a ton of different forms of belief and, and as it relates to that, and, uh, I'm respectful and receptive to all of them. Um, but that's what did it for me. You know? So how did that, how old were you when you figured that out and what did your family think? About I, uh, so at seven, so my grandfather was the bishop of a church pastor. Okay. And then like a bishop is a leader of, of like, so like a regional manager if you will he had churches yeah. that were under him in addition okay. so it's not to the a chess pastor. piece because i think about everything with chess and i have a bishop so right not a chess piece okay Got yeah no, <laughs> but we're kind of similar because the king i guess would be like an archbishop like the like ruler the of like right, right like exactly um but a bishop is just over like a, a particular body and then other bodies within that region and so um somewhere around the age of like 16 um, I just had this like epiphany and, you know, God was like, or the spirit of God was like, I've gifted you to do many things, but I created you with a purpose. And in that moment, I was like, I, I hear you. And so I went to my grandfather, um, who was a great man of God. And he said to me, pray about it and be sure. And I was like, pray about it and be sure, dude, like I just told you, like I heard God, <laughs> like, you know, what he knew, I learned probably 30 years later, you know, was that if God did not really call you and if you heard a voice because it was popular or if you think because you see the glamour of me being a pastor or leader as something you aspire to do, this thing will beat you up, it will chew you up and it will spit you out, mm. right? Taking on the responsibility of leading people and building people and cultivating people and encouraging and inspiring and literally like dedicating your life service, you know, to the well-being of other people, yeah. you know, um, if you're not called to it, you'll quit like first 90 days on the job, you know? Right. Um, and so I accepted the call then, if you will, and, um, you know, focused on culinary for a while, of course, uh, as my career. And, um, it swung back around once I had succeeded in culinary. Uh, in fact, I, I share the testimony of how I was driving. I did a segment on BET in Washington, D.C. Never forget it. And I was in my Ford Transit Connect, which is like this little like it's like, you know, they make those mini versions of like the conversion vans. They're like yeah. little cute, like 
conversion vans with no windows, just yes. the doors or whatever. My God, this sounds good, but like wrong dude. Like I'm in the height of my career. I'm cooking for the who's who's. Yeah. I just came from BT. I'm chilling. I got a bag, you know, and, and, um, it's not convenient. Yeah. It's just not convenient. <laughs> right. Um, but like obedience is better than sacrifice. And so I called my then assistant Tanya on the phone and I said, Tanya, can you call the Cityplex movie theater and like, let's try to connect and make a, a, a connection. Shaquille O'Neal owns the theater. We've got a relationship with him. Like we need somewhere. Cause now I'm like, okay, God, if I do this, I can only do it under one condition. Like I gotta be dope. Yeah. Right. I like, I need to be able to be a mirror. Like you said, you bat a thousand every time. you Like I to need to be able yeah. to bat a thousand. Like I cannot be in some old cathedral that smells like mildew water, <laughs> like trying to be dope and draw people to cry. Like there are people like me <laughs> who need you and they need to know that like you can be dope and still love yeah, God. Like you can be, be dope. They need to be inspired. Right. Yeah. And like environment is very important. Um, so she called the movie theater and, you know, was like, oh, you know, work with celebrity chef Amir and he's got a relationship with Shaquille O'Neal. We'll reach out to him as well. But, you know, we wanted to go through the channels of management. And um, the young lady that answered the phone was like, oh, we're not interested, but we'll take your information. So I was like, yes, God, like you already know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like I heard you. I tried it. Yeah. It did not work. <laughs> So it's not on me. Talk to Shaquille O'Neal or somebody. It's so good to hear that <laughs> people like you, what? as spiritually lofty as you are, yes. you still kind of want to shirk out everyone. Are you kidding me? Out, right? so, but look, like Jesus <laughs> said, <laughs> absolutely. Jesus says like on his way to the cross, you know, he says like, God, if it be your will, like let this cup pass me by, you know? Mm. And Jesus is like, God manifested in the form of flesh. Yeah. And Jesus says like, like a few days before, like the crucifixion, like, God, do you think we can kind of just like, like work out a compromise? Like, right. Like, can I just, live? you know, and can all of that, like it was the most human moment of his I life. Know God yeah. That. He says like, if it be not your, he said, if it be not your will that you'd let this cup pass me by. Hmm. And, um, you know, in that moment he goes, now, nah, you know what? I, I have a job to do. You know, I came here for a purpose. And I've got to complete the mission. And it's not about me. It's about mankind. It's not about me, you know, because I'm God manifested in the form of flesh. It's about sinners. It's about people that will need access to you, even though sin has disconnected them from you, you know. Um, and so he went through with this, like, grueling, like, whole passion of the Christ movie process, if you will. And, um, and so that was like. It was that was that moment for me where yeah. I was like, God, can't we just yeah? They said can no, somebody else do it? This is an easy out. Yeah, yeah you know. Um, so my assistant Tanya says to me, she's also a very spiritual woman. Um, she says, Chef, may I? And I was like, Sure, Tanya, like go. And she was like, God told me that you're supposed to call. Mm. And I was like, Shucks. <laughs> so that morning, I got back to Jersey on like a Friday. That Saturday morning, I went to the movie theater at like nine in the morning. It was an outer body. I was just moving. I went to the movie theater like nine in the morning in the Transit Connect. I pull up to the theater, I walk to the door, and I don't even know what time the theater opens, but like the manager comes to the door. I, I stand there for like 15 minutes because they probably are like, this is just somebody else trying to get into the movies right. first in line or something. So the woman comes to the door and she says, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm the lead pastor of the Better Life Church. There was no Better Life Church. You made it up right there. Everything I'm saying is God, I promise you. I'm like, I'm the lead pastor of the Better Life Church and we're looking for a place to rent, like to worship. 
And she was like, let me give you the manager's card. This right here is going to blow. Like, this is going to blow your mind. And so she says, do not call him on the weekends. Like, he doesn't work on the weekends. His name is Frank. Um, like, if you call him on the weekends, you'll rub him the wrong way. Like, it's over. I get in the van and the spirit says to me, call now. <laughs> And I go, okay, God, like whatever, <laughs> if this blows it. The woman just said, don't do it. I call the guy on the phone and when he answers the phone, he's crying. Frank is like this gentle giant. He's, he's a Hispanic guy. He's gotta be like six, four. At one point he probably was like 400 pounds. He like went and did the surgery, lost a ton of weight or whatever. And he answers the phone crying. And I go, hey Frank, how are you? This is Pastor Amir. And he says, oh man. He says, it, it had to be God for you to call me right now because I'm on my way to a friend of 20 years funeral and I just can't get myself together. And I was like, Frank, can we like pray right now? And he was like, please pastor. And I was like, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we, and I just started praying. And he was like, pal, can you come and meet me on Monday? Like, I want to meet you. And from there it was on. Uh, and then we made connections with Shaq. He approved yeah. it and was like, all day, let's do it. Like, I know Chef Amir. Yeah. I didn't know he was a pastor, but it, this is what he's saying God has called him to do. And uh, it's, it's been on and popping ever since. It's kind of amazing because you could have just called Shaq and he probably yes. would have bypassed the whole process. But it's kind of cool that yeah. you're not so anarchistic, you know? I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, you broke the rule and called Frank, but right. I mean, Absolutely. you went through the proper channels Absolutely. and you actually did the work to get there. And so Absolutely. by the time it got to Shaq, he was sort of like, okay, yeah, I actually don't respect that, that process. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How do you know Shaq? You guys grew up together? Or so he's like from Newark, New Jersey, actually. And uh, we've just done a ton of like community um, uh, work. I've done like some personal chef work on one or two occasions uh, with him and the family. So just kind of like that Newark connection, yeah. if you will. There's a lot yeah. of people from Newark I'm learning. There's, well, just like really this northern New Jersey area. Whitney Houston's from here. Yeah. Wyclef Jean is from here. Shaquille O'Neal is from here. Yeah. Faith Evans is from here. Um, Lauren Hill is from here. Yeah, like I could go on for yeah, days. Yeah, like we passed the Grammy Museum. On yeah, the way Joe Buttons is from here. Joe Buttons? Oh, yeah, that's right. He lives here. Yeah, he yeah, actually yeah, that, lives no, in right. Jersey City. That's right, I know City. that. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, so, you know, um, it, it's just been on ever since. Yeah. And every now and again, I'm like, God, why did you tell me to do this? Like, no, you love you know. it. You love it. So you hold, you have, you have your own Sunday service now yes. in that movie theater. In that movie theater. That you do. And yep. then, but you also do, like, you actually brought your cooking over to that side of things too, right? Absolutely. Because you, you talk to me about how you, you bring and prepare food. I think you had a kids event that you've done. Yeah. Or you do yeah. regularly a program with yes. them. Yes. So we, so we've done like a kids cooking camp. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about so the name, the better life church, mm. like really stemmed God, and God gave me that name. I was like, should we call it like impact church? Should we call it like victory Christian center? Like, you know, and God was like, just call it like the better life church. Cause like everybody needs a better life. Like if you're rich, you want to bet like the one thing that everybody in the world aspires to have is a better life. And, and we don't just focus, you know, or the ministry does not just focus on like that one side, the spiritual religious piece, you know, but like better financially, better physically, better mentally. Um, th there's something that I kind of articulated not long ago, and that was bridging the gap between theology and psychology, right? That there are people like that just have mental health issues, yeah. you know, and we could pray for them and lay hands on them and throw oil and water, but like they just struggle mentally, you yeah. know? And so while faith is theology, 
you know, uh, actually understanding the mental and the psyche and, and, you know, how to meet people's needs, not just from the perspective of like, just pray about it and give it to Jesus. Right. Like, no, there's like a glitch in my mind that like yeah. I need help on. And so we focus on like the total man, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Because so you have all sorts of programs or yes. resources that you point people towards. Yep. So it's kind of a holistic way of approaching the Absolutely. people in your congregation. Holistic is a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. So how big is your congregation at this point? So we've grown a few hundred people at this point. Yeah, we oh, started out amazing. like with nobody. When when was that that you started again? Uh, Easter Sunday of 2018. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a yeah. year basically. Literally, it's been 14 months and I mean the people just keep coming. The experience is amazing. You know, it's a free place for me. It's really about people being able to be free and just connect with God, you know? Even if you don't connect with me, like I'm okay with that. Like, I'm just the conduit. Like, I bring God, I bring you. You know, Chelsea meet God, God meet Chelsea. Bam. Like, you know, let's work it out. Yeah. And, and so that's my vision, you know, and that's that's yeah. our, our purpose, if you will. So your grandfather was a bishop, but part, but the rest of your family, I guess your immediate family, they were um, with Islam, On, on right? my mother's side, right. So that was my mother's father. Yeah. Um, my father's side of the family. Um, actually, Muslim. his mother was Catholic, interestingly. Yeah. But he but he practiced. But, but he practiced Islam, absolutely. So do you have family members, though, that come to your... I on, do. On I mean, Sunday my father's or... a major supporter he of is. ministry. Okay. So yeah. he's, he's good with all of yep, that. Yeah, absolutely. Early on, it was like, my son ain't about to be no Christian. And I, was, <laughs> I was like, Dad, this is who I am, man. And, uh, and uh, you know, he challenged me on it. But I, stead, you know, I was steadfast yeah. in what I believed. And so, like, now he's kind of like... I didn't know all of this would come from it. I, I, yeah. I guess you really are, you know. Yeah, you really yeah, did get he called. He loves it. He's like pastor, and I'm like dad, you know. <laughs> but yeah. you have a cool story about because I know your dad means a lot to you. Absolutely. Your dad also, like your grandfather, taught you a lesson very yes. early on that also yes. impacted you. Can you tell me the hot dog stand story? Oh God, <laughs> um, maybe like uh, I don't know, ten blocks up from here, um, in like what they call the uh, Clinton Hill section of Newark. My father owned a beauty salon. And uh, one day he said to me, I'm gonna teach you how to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, let's do it, I'm down. And um, I just knew it meant make money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, he was always big on like on the sign of the beauty salon, it said his name and proprietor. And mm -hmm. I, I could remember as a kid pulling up and like trying to like, not proprietor and he would say proprietor it means owner and I'm like why didn't you just put owner but he was just everything was just like you know that next level and um so he went and brought like you know the small hot dog cart and we stocked it with buns and hot dogs and what have you and uh I'll never forget that first day we ran out of food like the community came yeah, out and like it. brought the hot dogs and I would like take my time wrapping them in the wax paper and like rolling the ends and like tucking it because who wants to open like the hot For dog sure. wrapping and the chili and cheese is like not on the hot dog or like the sauerkraut is all over the place. Yeah. And um, <laughs> again, my father, and every time batting a thousand his performance art. period, it like was get, in you that young, you got yeah. it. You see what I'm saying? And so I remember one time my father came out and he was like, watch out, you're moving too slow. And the people <laughs> were like chanting, let little man make my hot dog. I'll never forget that moment. And my father was like, I'm sorry, it got out of the way. And uh, so I go inside and I'm like, dad, like we, we sold out of everything. We don't have hot dogs, we don't have buns, we don't have anything. And so he like leans back in his chair and he says to me, um, well, how much money did you make? And I'm like, dude, and my father was like a thorough guy. Like yeah. he, he would break a broomstick on my behind. <laughs> like he was just a solid man. And um, 
you know, I'm like kind of in my head, like, bro, why are you worrying about how much money I made? Your hot dog cart needs more hot dogs and buns. And so that was like my first lesson in entrepreneurship and how important it is to reinvest into your business and, um, you know, those kind of things. So we went to the best hot dog factory, which was literally like right down Avon Avenue. Yeah. And we brought hot dogs and buns. Like I was already thinking of what I was going to buy with the money. Like Space yeah. Jam was out at the time. Yeah. I was thinking about like whatever those Jordans were, you know, and like just doing me. Um, and while I wasn't able to do it on that Monday, like by the end of the week, I had reinvested enough and made enough profit that I was able to treat myself to something. Yeah. Well, that next summer, like I hired two of my friends, Anthony and Antoine, who were twins. And so they worked the hot dog cart. My father was like, you need to add something to the business now. And so we brought an icy cart. Mm. And so like long before, like there were women all over corners in yeah. America selling ICs, we had like a small box icy cart. And uh, another entrepreneurial moment, alert, teachable moment, the ice kept melting. So the ice melts, the ices melt. Like product is done. done. You can't refreeze the stuff. It's over. And so my father's like, and we were buying ice like every minute and God. we were buying more ice than we were making money. And so we were like cutting into the hot dog money Oof. to keep this icy cart going. And you're like, how do people do this? And so I'm like, right, because somebody's yeah. doing it. And so my father said to me, he said, you need to do some research. And I discovered dry ice. There you go. And so I was like, dad, I think I found it. And I found a dry ice place here in Norco Freela Heisen Avenue. And uh, that was like the solution to the icy. And so it was me, yeah. Anthony and Antoine. My father was not concerned about throwing a football with me. Like we didn't shoot basketballs. Boxing was his thing. Um, but he was like bent on investing in me an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm. And so it's been with me ever since. When, when do you have to stop boxing with your dad? Because at some point they get old and then... Yeah, well, you know, when we see each other, it's always like, hey, what's up? You know, one of those shimmy jimmy kind of things. Boxing is not my thing. I mean, point, I can right? <laughs> I can defend myself on the way out of like privé after like a long night, but I'm not a boxer at all. <laughs> That's good. Totally. I tried boxing for a minute, and then I was like, my knuckles all big, and yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like that's what happens when you box. I'm like, no, not sure. for me, fam. I'll be stopping boxing because I like jewelry and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we need our hands to like you know be together and stuff. Yeah. So um. We talked also a little bit about your definition of faith and you've like skirted around it a little bit in this conversation, this sure. idea that God doesn't want you to change. He wants to amplify what he already sees in yeah. you, like how he made you. Right. Yeah. And this idea of um, of people having the confidence, you know, to do the things that they were meant to do. Yes. And so can you talk about your definition of faith yeah. a little bit or how you like to imbue people yeah with it's funny we, 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 we kind of hit it just a little bit last night at our yeah. mystery dinner but i've never um, heard you, anybody define faith in the yeah. way that you defined it so yeah I, I just i am i'm crazy enough to go out on the limb probably not very crazy in that but to really say that like you know the significance of faith from a spiritual perspective is less about god and like more about us right and so god because when you really look at it, like in the grand scheme of things, God doesn't need us. You know, the Bible says that he created man, um, you know, to create something to worship him. Right. And, you know, of course, you go into like the story of Noah's Ark and how man did not do what God created them to do. And, you know, God says, I'm just going to destroy mankind. Um, but 
faith is really about building or conditioning a muscle in us, right? It's like a spiritual muscle that's necessary for us to go to that next level in life. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your stature is, how strong or like, you know, successful you've been up until this point, everyone gets to a point of their lives where like your faith is shaky, you know, um, where it's just like, I believe I woke up this morning and I believed I could do it. And like, I'm at the start line and like, I don't think I'm going to win. <laughs> and so like God creates this, this relationship, um, between us and him. And it's, it's really built on the auspices of us believing in him. Um, but it's really about us strengthening ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you believe in a power greater than you and its ability, you know, to push you or to carry you or to strengthen you, you know, to do like those galactic things that you only dream about. And, and then you discover that like, wow, like I believe in me more, like, because I've been like forced to have to believe in a power greater than me. Right. You know, and even for people who like really don't believe, like let life get a little challenging and you'll be like, oh, my God. You know, Definitely. somebody told a joke one time about a guy who didn't believe and like life got crazy and he was like, oh, my Jesus. <laughs> and they were like, you don't even believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. You I know, now. right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So faith is really about us. Yeah. You know, it's really about us, you know, finding that place in us, that thing in us to hope, you know, President Barack Obama wrote the book, The Audacity of Hope, mm -hmm. right? Like, who are you to believe in that thing in you that you don't even know exists? Yeah. And if we could build it based on our own, like, merit or on ourselves, we would have done it already. Yeah. And so the fact that God says, like, believe in me, like, pray and I'll answer a prayer. Uh, faith is defined in both the Webster Collegiate Dictionary and in the Bible as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Mm -hmm. So God says, I create a space through all of this from sin in the garden to Jesus coming and the crucifixion and the resurrection. Like it's all at the end of the day about you finding hope, right? And aspiration to believe in your own ability to like achieve the stuff that you've dreamed about. And to reach the places that you've like seen in your dreams and that you've seen in visions. But if it was based on your own ability, it, it won't happen because yeah. that it's just not naturally in us. Like we doubt ourselves, whether we admit it or not, mm -hmm. uh, uh, at, from children. Right. Uh, the baby has some courage, but, you know, the baby's afraid to like get up and make that move. But like faith kicks in. Right. You know, and you get to witness that that baby take its first steps because it just hopes to walk. The baby's just tired of watching everybody else yeah. in the house walk. <laughs> and like, I've got to crawl and pull on a table and get up, <laughs> you know. And so it's about hoping. Yeah. And we're just we're not born with hope. Yeah. You know, it's just not something, you know, that's in us. It's something that we we build. Yeah. It's something that we strengthen. It's something that we develop. And so I'm, I just, I believe I'm like really persuaded that God is like, I want you to get this. Cause it's really not about me. Like I separated the night from the day. Like, mm -hmm. you know, as much as we say there is not, I think I said last night, you know, we credit Steve jobs for creating the computer, but like who created this computer? Right. Like this joint is crazy. Like right. the computer is dope, but like the fact that like my muscles and, and my nerves and my eyes and the way my brain processes and yeah. like, 
I just, I can't credit that to science. Right, yeah, you know, you made this really cool analogy between the number of pixels in a picture. It's so right. amazing whoever created that, that, but then the pixels that exist in the universe. Absolutely, you know, or like your eyeball, right? Like we yeah. credit Sony for creating yeah. the 5,000 megapixel camera, yeah. but like the eyeball is like 500,000 megapixels. Right, and it just works. And it just works. You know? <laughs> so like who created that, you yeah. know? Um, and so I, I just really believe. And so as a faith influencer, like my ultimate goal is to get people to believe in themselves and to believe in their ability to do like, because you connect to that, to the battery pack, mm. you know, like the, the, the life of your battery only lasts, but so long it goes from a hundred percent to one. And then that little circle starts and it's over, you know? And so like, you've got to have that external source. You've got to have, and, and traditionally for a long time, religion was about rigor and structure and yeah. rules and religion. And so that's where people struggle. But we're in a place now where God is like, I just, I just want you to know that like, I want life to be like really good for you. Jesus says uh, to a group of people in the parable, I did not just come so that you would have life. But he said, I came that you would have life more abundantly. Mm. And like, that's what God wants. Like he wants us to be successful. He wants us to win. Like he is for us. He's not against us. And, and even for me growing up in church, I, it was like, I don't want to meet the God who sits on the throne with a lightning bolt. Like, and if I like pick up a glass of wine, he's like, yeah. you are going to go to hell if you got, yeah. Like, no, God is like, listen, dude, like it's grapes fermented. Like it's all good. Paul says wine is good for the stomach, you know? And, and so, and with everything, like it's about it being done in good measure, right? Eating too yeah. much food could like jam you up, you know? Yeah. And so it's about doing things with good measure and just being a good person and, yeah. you know, committing like your life to understanding that there's a power greater than me and I can be greater if I connect with that greater power. Yeah. And every day, I mean, there are times I'm just riding in the car and like tears just fall out of my eyes because yeah. I'm like, God, nobody could have done this but you. Yeah, I mean, your your life is so rich and full. So, right, so so you speak to God every day, obviously. That's one of the things you Certainly. do, religiously, no pun intended. Yes. Praying, <laughs> or dialoguing with God, whatever you want Absolutely. to call that. You Absolutely, know? What are, because um, I, I like to ask people, what are the three things they sort of do daily or weekly to kind sure. of re-energize or reignite themselves mm -hmm. every day and keep going? Because life can be really hard. Absolutely. Even though it should also be very enjoyable, I yes. firmly believe. Yeah. What are a couple of other things that you do regularly on the, you know, daily? So praying for sure um, is is just a daily, and it's it's funny because when life happens and like things are going on and you're just kind of moving and shaking, you know, like throughout the course of your day, you kind of pause for a moment and you're like, thank you God for opening yes. another door. Like, but imagine what your personal relationship with your spouse would be like yeah. if you only in passing said, hey, thanks. And like, you know, there'd be some infidelity real early on in the relationship. Cause like, we don't spend time together and we don't communicate and we don't talk. Like, let's go grab a bite to eat. Absolutely. Like, how was your day? You know? And I so can tell you that, having been once divorced yeah. and now with somebody I consider to be love of my life, I have, I learned so many lessons along that. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, like, no, but totally. I'm interrupting this is you. what we want. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> this is what we're doing. But I believe I, I, I think appreciating your partner and saying that yes. to that partner you know, um, I think that's everything for yes. the relationship. Sorry, so go on. No, it's the foundation. So, that, so prayer know? is certainly just a very important part of the day. And I commit myself every day, you know, to investing in someone like beyond, oh, I fed a homeless person today. Like, that's cool. 
And like, God is not impressed with deeds, but Hmm. you know, I am very conscious that I say something every day or do something every day that like gives someone the hope, like to hope and to like, just go after that stuff and, and, and to like, to just dream, you know, um, uh, Diddy shared something one time with me and I was like, I'm stealing that. And he said, like, I'm just here to prove that it can be done, Mm. you know? And so like, we're not hiding from the challenges. Like we're not hiding from the obstacles and, you know, the mountains we had to climb and the valleys that we had to come out of. Like I'm a testament, a testimony of like life after life, (laughs) you know? And, uh, and how you can get back up and, and, and rise above where you were and, and be successful beyond the things that you face. So, um, you know, prayer certainly would be one, you know, just imparting with someone, uh, you know, you know, throughout the course of the day. And, uh, um, I try to support someone's business every day. Okay. And so we're not trying to, in fact, I do that. So, um, you know, whether it's me buying a cup of coffee from a place that I've never been to before, or, you know, you know, buying a taco from somewhere like that I've that. never been like, that's, that's really important yeah. for me. Because as an entrepreneur, I understand, like I could go to the same place every day, you know, um, but I love to go somewhere new and, and you know, share with them what as a consultant I, I make thousands of dollars for doing um, ways that they can improve their business, right? And yeah. just small things that they can do, you know, to enhance their customer experience, right? Yeah, and so yeah, like yeah. the taco was cold, maybe you should heat it up or do this right. or do that. And to do it in a very compassionate way where people don't feel like you're tearing down their business and, sure. you know, coming at, you know, their, their venture or their dreams. And so those are like the three things that I commit to right. doing. Yeah. Yeah. That last part is interesting. Just the idea that, cause I think everything's sort of an energy exchange yeah, in, this, absolutely. in this universe, you know? And so when you go in and, and even though you might be the only sale they had all day, but you might be that right. spark that creates that next wave of energy for them. Yeah, Cause you don't know when they're like, when energy. they want to give up, you know, more people might come in. Right. Exactly. Yep, so I have one last question for you. Totally. So, um, so you, you've spotted a lot of trends and maximized on all of those, all of those <laughs> opportunities. I mean, only one of which is what we talked about a lot, sure. which is the idea of chefing, you know, as performance art, you know, the way that you started to interact with your clients, Absolutely. That, you know, and then they, drew upon that energy and I firmly believe that is exactly why the Food Network came and scouted you for the show Absolutely. and I think that's also why you got that call to start your congregation Absolutely. because somebody out there was seeing what you could do for a broader audience Absolutely. Um, in terms of nourishing the soul Yes. so I know you too I mean you're, you always you're doing a whole bunch of other stuff you're right. looking at a bunch <laughs> of other things you're never sitting still for not one second Absolutely. you're constantly you're the a most, renaissance man you, know, you are a right. renaissance man <laughs> and you move more than anybody I know you're yes. never just sitting there you always there's activity constantly around you Absolutely. so what are the next things you're seeing what's the next opportunity you're spotting what's kind of what's next for you what are you working on you know I there's the idea of like planting churches yeah, and like just creating this experience like around the world. Um, but I think that where we are in like the digital age, I would really love to kind of, I guess, expound more on like making the experience that I provide to celebrities and to athletes in the A-list of the world, you know, um, just for people who may not necessarily have resources or just money, yeah. right? but are like on the verge of committing suicide, like, or just can't seem to find hope. And I, I meet so many people every day that are like 
I go to churches and they like they look at me crazy. So I just walk out and I'm like, I might as well just go get like a six pack of beer. Like what the heck? In whatever like religion and whatever genre of spirituality and connect and like be inspired and really just like bridge the gap, you know, between all of that stuff, you know, different brilliant men said, let me create this form of religion or, you know, let me create this whatever. And uh, it has divided more than it has brought together. And so my next project, I got to be very careful how I say that because we'll like end this and I'll go start working on it, um, is really going to be to like create that common space, you know, where people can come together, you know, an app where like if you just want to do a good deed, like you just want to serve, you wake up on a Saturday, you know, and you're like, I just want to go buy some old woman groceries or like some woman who's bedridden groceries or I just want to go make dinner like for a family in their yeah. kitchen. I don't care like what it looks like. I don't care that they're bugs. Like I don't care, like I just want to be a blessing to yeah. someone. And so that's one of the things that I'm like really passionate mm-hmm. about creating um, in this next season. Right. You I know, love that. just generosity more than anything yeah. and compassion and just creating a space where like the world can just like be kinder yeah. and and more grateful and you know, show more gratitude and all that good stuff. So yeah, but it's still it's still the name of your congregation, Better Life. It's about it's, it's better about life. giving somebody a better life. Absolutely right, and kind of paying yeah. it forward. Yep. So Amir Natson. Yes. Your congregation is called the Better Life Church. Church. Yes. Your show is called Help Yourself. Help Yourself on the Food Network. Yes. I'm just like waiting yes. for that to air because I'm going to be watching every single one, Absolutely. every single episode. We have to add brisket and busy out of that. <laughs> You've got all sorts of celebrities you're still cooking for, but yes. you're, I'm sure you won't tell us who, and you're definitely not going to invite me over, so I won't even. Of prod- course we will. I won't, drill in, I won't drill down on that. You've We've got, got a to add of Chelsea books. Grace into that list. Yes. yes. You've got a couple of books. What are your books? Yes. So the one book that we uh, released, 10 Days to becoming a better you, um, challenge yourself, I dare you. So the original revision was 10 days to becoming a better uh-huh. you. Second version was challenge yourself, I dare you. So, okay. I, you know, it was like, if you read the first one, like this one's gonna knock your socks off, it's yeah. gonna get you out the bed, it's gonna get you out of the that comfort zone, that complacent, you know, space. Yeah. Um, and then we have the cookbook, um, um, A Soulful Thanksgiving, which is 101 uh, holiday recipes that we release only in the holiday season. Uh, and then we're working on a children's cookbook called Kids Can Cook Too. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, so that'll be releasing soon. Okay. So I'm super excited about that. And you're on Instagram at Amir Natson. At AmirNatson.com. Okay. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of our handles are consistent at AmirNatson.com as well. And you've got the coolest logo. You guys have to go check it out. I don't know who designed <laughs> that logo for you, but it's and it's Absolutely. on everything, including your Mercedes, like the Mercedes, <laughs> the, the Sprinter that yes. you, tried, you had me picked up in. I was like, damn, he's got a branded Sprinter. That's dope. <laughs> Jesus paid it all. <laughs> all right, I'm going to convert right away. No, super dope. I'm Jewish. It's funny. <laughs> real quick like as we're on the way out i i posted a picture i was at an event that hennessy was hosting okay and um i had on like a leopard polo shirt real swaggy real dope yeah and, and so my caption was i don't know how much i owe but what i do know is jesus paid it all mm. like no debt here like and so life is about living debt free yeah absolutely you know? and the way to get there is to like clear your debts and let go of pay the pain forward, and the right? hurt and pay it yeah. forward so like I'm living debt free. I don't owe nobody nothing. Yeah, you yeah, you are. 
And now you don't a couple owe me banks anything. or whatever, you but owed you me know. This episode, but now you're good. I'm good you're on this. See, I don't full. even know. I'm paid in full. You're paid in full. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so Absolutely. much for being on the Absolutely. Thank you so much, show. Chelsea, for having me. It has been an honor having you here and sharing with you. And I'm super excited about the future. Yeah, I am too. I can't wait to host you in Los Angeles. It's, it's nice on. to see you guys host me Don't play. In New we'll book it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, thanks for tuning in Absolutely. and wait for another episode of What's Your Water. Thank you so much. Thank you.